just want to say that on behalf of the youth department in Southeastern California Conference, we want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to, to partner with you in making our young people a priority of this church. Could you imagine 50 years from now, this church empty because the young people have left? But that will never happen as long as young people become a priority of our church. Amen? Amen. Because where there is young people, there will always be life. Where there is young people, there will always be growth. And where there is young people, it's an exciting place to be in. And, and I, I, I'm excited. I remember I, I grew up in a Pathfinder Club of six. I started in a Pathfinder Club of six, and soon we were 15, and just kind of grew. And, and I remember being a director for the very first time. And I just want to say thank you because I, I say this quietly, but the hardest position in, every, in any church is always, I believe, the Pathfinder director. I, I mean, unless you've been there, it, it is just an amazing thing because it, it's week in and week out and everything you have to plan. And, and I always praise God when I look at your staff and the number, the number of people says, this church is blessed. Today, I want to talk about the subject light, L-I-G-H-T. And I'm going to be saying these words quite a few times. So I'm going to ask all the kids, she's going to, Yadira is going to be passing out a piece of paper and, and some pencils. Every time I say the word light, I want you to just keep track of it. Write one down. And at the end... If you come pretty close to the number of times that Miss um, Marufo, she'll keep track, um, writes it down. Every time you say the word light, then I'm, we're, we'll have a little bit of a treat for you guys. Nothing, no big deal, but just, just, just a way to, to just um, stay with us. So it's Pathfinders and any, anyone out there, any of our young people that want to keep track, even our little kids, and they can get help to do that. So what word are we going to keep track of? Light, okay? Light. So as soon as I start, end my prayer, that's when we're going to officially get started. Okay, so let's, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, Dad, Abba, thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for allowing us to just be in your glory and in your grace. And today, Father God, I ask that you just anoint my lips, forgive my sins, allow this speaker to, to not be seen, but rather for you to be seen and to be heard. This is my humble prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So the word we're going to keep track of is the word light. And that's, that's your first one. And, and our text today is found in Matthew chapter 5, 
verse 14. A very simple one, one that we, we preach on quite a bit, but today I'm going to hopefully preach on it from a little bit different angle. Matthew, oh, that's right. I'm going like, next, next projection, please, and I've got the control right here. Which way do I, oh, point it this way. Works really well. It says, Matthew 5.14, you are what? The light that gives light to the world. That's a new century version. The King James Version that we all memorize is, you are the light of the world. But I kind of like this a little bit. It's, it's in my children's Bible. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a simple speaker. I, I started reading a children's Bible for my devotional. And it was just such a refreshing, different thought, new century version, children's Bible, that I started preaching from it. And um, it says, you are the light that gives light to the world. You know, when Jesus was talking about the light, he wasn't necessarily talking about the big spotlight. He wasn't talking about the street lights. He wasn't even talking about, you know, when you go inside your house and you turn on the switch and turn on the, the light. Um, recently in my house, we, we had this uh, solar light installed so that you don't have to use electricity. You know, they put this panel on and so that this, this sunlight comes right in. But he actually was talking about a little light. In fact, it may, it may kind of look something like this. I was over in um, downtown in, in Fair, Fairfax, Fair, in L.A. And, oops, there it goes. And um, it was near a Jewish town. And I actually got to visit one of the, I noticed the Jewish tour. I, I got to visit a Jewish... It wasn't a temple. It was a place where they did some history, and I, I couldn't remember where it was. It wasn't a synagogue. It was one of those. But it had a place. They talked about the Jewish history, and they had a little Jewish museum. And I actually saw this over there, and I said, oh, how cool. It, it was a little lamp. Like, it was just a, 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 tiny, a tiny little lamp. And um, when Jesus was talking about the light, he was probably talking about just a little light like this. And, and if you notice, um, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take much on, on the little light. You just um, put, put a, a little bit of, put a little bit of oil inside, like so. And um, am I allowed to light this, Pastor? Yeah, do you have, do you have fire insurance here? <laughs> I want to make sure you have, you have fire insurance here, um, or a fire extinguisher, one, 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 one or the other. Oh, good, somebody's going to go get a fire extinguisher, just in case. It says, um, we're going we're gonna to try this on. Let's see if it works. Are you sure, right? Okay. Um, this little... Light of, oh man, I took the wick too long. Stay short, a little shorter. There you go. Just a little light. And, and if we actually had most of the lights turn off, what's, what's interesting with light is the, the darker it is, the brighter the light. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know, when I always hear about this passage, 
tell me if it's something like this. You are the light of the world. And so I said, what are some of the things that we're expected to do as Adventists? Light of the world. Have you seen this, right? As an Adventist, what, what, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to what, pay tithe, right? Um, we're supposed to help the needy. What else? We're supposed to keep the, the Sabbath, okay? We're also supposed to keep the, the Ten Commandments. Is this sounding familiar? And I, I grew up in the Philippines, right? Well, even, you know, as, as we're going up. And, and we're supposed to be vegetarians. <laughs> and all of a sudden, being the light means doing all of these things. Now, don't get me wrong. Are, is there anything wrong with any of these no, absolutely not. But what's the problem? Here's the problem. The problem becomes when what I do becomes who I am. Now, you're going to have to stay with me here with the sermon because then Afterwards, if you don't, then you're going to be like, oh, this pastor's preaching heresy. But what's the problem when what I do becomes who I am? Have you ever, have you ever seen this? You met someone for the first time, and, and they, they say, you're about to put your church on fire? Oh, look at that. That's okay. <laughs> That's why I turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You were, you, were, you were ready for that. Um, but from what I hear, if it's an oil fire, you're not supposed to put water on it. <laughs> but uh, thank you for being ready. Have you ever had this when you meet someone? Says, are, you, are you a Seventh-day Adventist? And they go, yeah. And, and isn't, this, isn't this very common? And he goes, you know, well, what do they say when they say you're a Seventh-day Adventist? They say, oh, I know you're a Seventh-day Adventist. You guys are the ones who, right? You guys are the ones who, who keep the Sabbath, right? Oh, you guys, you guys are the ones that's vegetarian. Oh, you're the one on the National Geography, you know, the Geography Magazine and all of this. And you're the ones that live for a long time. And, and you're, you know, you're et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I would love to hear? I would love to hear, oh, you're a Seventh-day Adventist? I've heard about you guys. You're the one that's known for really loving Jesus. You see, there's the problem when what I do becomes who I am. And, and growing up, I mean, as an Asian, you know, I, I, I begin to understand what that's like. You, you know, this, let me tell me if this sounds familiar. As an Asian, it goes, I must get straight A's. 
Roy's laughing over there. <laughs> yeah. What else must I do? You know, growing up, I must like the same things my friends like. You know? What else I must do? I must wear the latest fashion. You know? Whatever. Levi's back then. And, and, you know, we had hair. It's coming back. We had hair that, you know, kind of grew. And I, I noticed that's kind of coming back, the, the trend, the, the long hair. Why? Because if I don't, then I won't feel good about myself. Or maybe my, I will, I'll feel like my parents won't love me as much. Or my friends will make fun of me. And what happens? Who I am is defined but by what I do. And if it sounds like I'm picking on the young people, let me pick on us adults for a little bit. Yeah, let's do that, huh? Does this sound familiar? Now I can relate to this. I must have a nice job. I must have a big house. I must drive a fancy I must work at least two to pay for, to pay for all the bills and pay the mortgage for the big and cars, yeah, that I don't get to stay in very much because I'm working my two. You guys have heard this sermon before. I'm just going to go sit down. <laughs> but isn't that true? Because all of a sudden we think that success becomes on what I do, and I am defined by what I do instead of who I am. And my whatness becomes my witness. Some time ago, um, we've, our family visited Universal Studios. I don't know if you guys like the Universal Studios. But I remember when I was a little kid and we visited Universal Studios. You, you take this tram tour. You go on. I love this, love this little tram tour. And in one of these things, as a little kid, I thought it was so cool. You come across this thing and it's this burning house. You know, flames throwing out of the, 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 the windows and everything. And I thought, how cool is that? And then I find out the house wasn't really burning. In fact, as you go around, you find out that it's not even a house. They just had this flamethrower shooting out. And and you know what we call this, right? We call it a facade. Big word. In fact, I watched the spelling bee contest, and if I asked a lot of our kids to spell the word facade, it's probably one that you could probably misspell because it's spelled how? F-A-S? No, C-A-D-E. And if I was going to look at that word, I'd say it's facade, but it's pronounced facade. Facade means a false building, a false front. What you see is really not what it is. And I wonder if sometimes we have been so ingrained in doing 
that as Max Lucado says, we become a human doing instead of a human being. And so I said to myself, so what does that mean then? You are the light of the world. Was Jesus speaking in fourth tongue? Because truly, light is something to be seen. Then isn't it based on what I do? Then I stumbled across this verse. Psalms 18, verse 28. It says, For you cause my, what? Lamp to be lighted and to shine. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. And I'm going like, oh, that's so different. And, and it's kind of, I didn't quite understand this, but I think that if Jesus was around today, he wouldn't use lamp as an illustration. He always, you notice when he uses, Jesus always used the natural things around him or, or the most current thing. This is probably what he would use to illustrate this, this, this thing. He would probably use something like this. And um, you guys know what this is, right? Yeah, it's a what? It's a, it's a glow stick. He would probably use a glow stick. And, and um, can, can you turn off the light inside the place for a second? Thank you. Oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, the darker the better. In fact, the way, the reason why this was invented, one of the things that they used this for, as you guys know, is when they used to uh, go diving. Because you can't, you know, and the flashlight and the batteries get all wet. And so you can actually go in the water, and you go dive, and it goes like this. But tell me something. If I preached so eloquently that I'm still here 24 hours later, I would be the only one standing. <laughs> the rest of you would be gone. <laughs> But if, if, if I was there, and I took this same stick, and I crack it, would it still be lighted? No, in fact, I, I, I took a, I took a, I, I believe I took one that I've used before. And no matter how much I bend it, It's not working. It only works. You see, it's not necessarily the stick itself that glows, is it? It's the stuff inside. This can't say, look at me, how great and wonderful I am. Everybody could see me. I am the light of the world. The reality is, this does not light. This does not shine. Because in 24 hours, this is this. 
And I begin to realize that what that text is saying is for you, Jesus, cause my lamp to be lighted. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. It's not what I do that makes me shine. It's who is in me that makes me shine. When Jesus is in my life, then, then, he begins to shine out of me. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. 24 hours from now, this thing won't be shining anymore. This is probably why I don't like the name Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, I'm going to get kicked out again. <laughs> what? Seventh-day Adventist. Because the reality is, after we leave this church, if we're only Seventh-day Adventist, what happens to the other six days? I wish that we changed our name to Seven Days Adventist. How do I live my life in such a way that I keep shining, lighting every day? My Auntie Ellen as Filipinos like to call everyone. I love being a, a, a pastor when I was pastoring in a Filipino church because I don't have to remember anybody's name. <laughs> Everybody is either an auntie or an uncle, or if they were grandparents, we call them, they're a Lolo or Lola. It's really, it's really good. And if they're your, just a little bit older than, than us, then I would call them Kuya which means brother. And so I could literally be a pastor and not have to remember everybody's name. Uh, that, that works really well. But so my Auntie Ellen, this is what she says. She says, oh, she didn't say that. This is what she says. No, no renewed heart can be kept in a condition of sweetness without the what? The daily application of the salt of the word. Divine grace must be received daily or no man will stay converted. You see, she was saying, hey, you just can't be Seventh-day Adventist. You have to be seven days Adventist. And you know what it means to be a seven days Adventist? It means a people who is willing to be what? In the Word. In the Word. In other words, this is what God is saying. God says, be what? Still. And know that I am God. But you know, the devil is smart. 
The devil's smart. All he does is he, he just has to change one word and it messes us up. Instead of saying, be still and know that I am God, you know what the devil says? Hey, all the other words are correct. Just change this one word. Be busy and know that I am God. And yeah, it's funny. It's perfect timing. That cell phone is perfect timing. Because the cell phone is such a blessing. I can be anywhere and everywhere and I can contact anyone in my family. But that cell phone is a curse. Because I can be everywhere and anywhere and my work follows me. I was in a seminar and the internet. Blessing and a curse. I was in a seminar in, in the godly place of Las Vegas just this week. <laughs> and while I was over there, I was in contact with my assistant Roy and Josh, and we were in the internet, and we were on the phone, and in between the things, trying to get the things to happen. And tell me, are we too busy? Because you see, in the busyness of life, it's hard to hear God. And so the Bible says, simply, be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. And when I know God, when I daily spend that time with Him, when I set aside, when I turn off my cell phone, when I turn off the internet, when I turn off the TV, when I take away the iPod, when I put away the Nintendo games, when I put down the newspaper, when I stop going to work and I simply be, then Jesus has an opportunity to fill us, to be us, to be us. And all of a sudden, I don't have to worry about this is what I need to do. I just have to worry about who I need to be in. And God shines out. God flows out. And yes, I still pay my tithe. And yes, I still go to church on the Sabbath. And yes, I still do all the good things, not because I'm trying to define who I am, but because this is simply God shining out through me. A daily application of the salt of the word of God. I want to be a seven days Adventist. I want people to say, you're a seven days Adventist? You love Jesus. You have a passion for Jesus. You shine Jesus. You are Jesus in the way 
you live your life. And no matter where you are and where you go, Jesus just is seen in what you do. Roy and I, one time, we were uh, traveling in a convention. We were traveling in a, a convention over in um, Savannah, Georgia. We were over there. And if you guys know anything about the Savannah, George, in Savannah, Georgia, they have this huge river that runs right up Savannah, Georgia. The, is it the Savannah River? Something like that? There's, there's a huge river that comes, that flows out in the middle of Savannah, Georgia. And, and the way this, this town is known for its pirates, you know, this is the big film right now, pirates, right? This is known for its pirates because what would happen is that the pirate ships would actually be able to, the river is so wide that the pirate ships would be able to take their, their boats right up to Savannah and park there and all of that. So if you go over there, you see a whole bunch of pirates and places where pirates stayed and, and so forth like that. But the story was told of this place about a, a young, about a young lady when she was over there. And this was way in the 1900s, about a young lady who met a young man. And you know how the story is. Young lady meets young man. Young lady and young man fall in love. And pretty soon, oh, it was in the wartime, pretty soon the young man has to go away. And so he, he meets this, uh, who, Jessica. This is great. Can you, can you stand there? He... He, he meets this young lady, and um, no, I don't want to embarrass anyone, so I'm just going to pretend. And, and, he, and, he <laughs> and he says to her, you know, I'm taking off. And, uh, you know, sailor back then, he was a, a ship, and he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my, my sailor thing. And uh, <laughs> would you, would you wait for me? And of course, being in love, she says, yes. And she says, you know, it's like that song, tie a yellow ribbon around the old little tree. Because when I come back, could you be there? And I'll know that when I come back, you'll still love me if, if I see you at the shore waving the handkerchief. And so she says, yeah, sure. Now, let me ask you this. If you found the love of your life, 20 years from now. <laughs> if you find the love of your life and they have to leave, would you wait for that person if they were gone for one month? I guess. <laughs> yeah, love of your life. You want to be with them forever. A, a month? Yeah. How about five months? Sure, good, good. How about a year? Okay, all right, this is good. How about two years? A little, she's thinking a little bit now. How about four years? Okay, this is good. Uh, young man, four years, this is good. Five. Yes? Seven? Nine? Really? You have raised an incredible daughter here. Yeah, nine. In most places, after two, they're done. 
<laughs> they don't come back until they're finished. You'd wait for that person for nine years. You'd wait there at the shore. Yeah, really? Ten? Okay, fifteen. No? <laughs> That's where the limit is. Fifteen, no. Eleven? May of oh, ten. So ten is, oh, ten is it. If he doesn't come back in ten, you're getting off and you're finding somebody else and you're going to get married. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Ten years. Very good. Thank you. Ten years. Well, you know, this young lady, she, uh, she said, sure. And so she stayed by the shore. And every day when the ships came, she would go there and she would wave. And as ships left, she would wave. And soon, the one year became two years. And the two years became five years. And the five years became ten years. And the ten years became fifteen and then 20, and then 25, and then 30, then 35, then 40, and finally, 43 years later, Florence Martis was her name. In fact, um, they have a statue of her over there. And it says that in February 8, 1943, 44 years later, she died. Still, after having waved for 44 years, I know what's in your mind. You're asking, Whatever happened to that sailor? No one really knows. Um, I, I hope he died. <laughs> yeah. Because if he didn't die, I would go kill him myself. Forty-four years. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? And she waved. You know, I'm one year past 44. I'm 45 years old. And I've been waiting for Jesus to come back. In fact, um, Ever since I was young, my, my grandmother was the one that talked to me about Jesus. And when I was a little kid, I was, I, was, I was sure that I was going to see Jesus come back while I'm still alive. And I still, I still am hoping that. I really am. But I only have 35 years of life left. Because 80 is about it for me. And I'm not sure that I'm going to see Jesus come back while I'm still alive. But here's what I know. I know that my Jesus is going to come back. Amen? 
my Jesus is going to come back. Unlike that old sailor, my Jesus says that let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. For I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. For where I am, there ye may be also. But during that time, I can have Jesus Though he's not with me physically, he could be with me inside. You are the light of the world. And so I really enjoyed this song that I learned when I was in Pathfinders growing. And it goes like this. It says, every Day with what? Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me, and he's the one I'm waiting for. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. While I'm waiting for him, I need to shine for him, not by what I do, but by what he does in me. As long as I am with him every day. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love Him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me, and He's the one I'm waiting for. Every day with Jesus, is sweeter than the day before. Shall we stand as we sing this as our closing song? Here we go. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love Him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me And he's the one I'm waiting for. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Shall we pray? Father God, we come to you just as we are. But I praise you, Father, for you don't leave us just the way we are that as you live in our hearts every day, you allow us to grow. You allow us to shine. And now as we leave this place, may your presence and your spirit always be in our hearts and our lives. May we always take the time to, to, to simply stop and to be quiet and to be still and to allow that time with you 
so that truly every day we may partake of your sweet presence and your sweet grace. In the loving name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.